Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nate Jolay. And since we're starting a new little segment of this, I don't know if I can come up with enough duos to make this even feasible, so I'm not even going to try. Making it easy on me. I know. And that disappoints (laughs) everyone out there, but I think these are going to be fun. Um, Just to let everybody know what's going on, we're you know, we're in different cities a lot of the time, but there are lots of things we want to chat about. So we're just going to try it in separate locations and see what happens and keep these kind of short, 15, 20 minutes. And I think we'll do a lot of these for the patrons um, and put a few of them out on the regular podcast as well. So uh, how's Houston? Hot. I bet, man. Are you guys getting all the crazy rain and storms that the Midwest is getting and that we've had here? Yeah, we get a bunch of rain here. It's I like it though. Um, it's, this is where I grew up, and that's kind of what I'm used to. So yeah, I like it. Um, plus, it's so hot; I don't spend a ton of time outside, anyways. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, it's been good. How's Lander? Lander's been. It's funny. Everybody was complaining about the weather here because it had rained a lot. But I was like, I maybe I just scheduled my days right because I haven't had a single day that I've missed because of rain. Nice. But now that's changed, and the rodeo wave has been pretty wet. Um, I did Stetson with a couple of really wet pockets, Hmm. and there's some key pockets on the link up for Atomic Cal that are pretty wet. And I heard two days ago that the rodeo wave was just a giant waterfall. So Crazy. Yeah, I've never seen it that bad. No, it's there's tons of rain here, so uh, it'll dry. I'm not worried. I'm just getting stronger anyway, so. Hell yeah. Doesn't matter. You've been training a bunch? Yeah. Uh, I've been training a ton. It's been going really well. Yeah, you've um, been in Momentum Silver Street, where you've got some workshops coming up, right? Yes. Got some workshops coming up for beginner climbers, which I'm really excited about. That's when do those I've start? Been, those start next week. I think on Wednesday, I believe all the weekdays are sold out at this point, but I've got a bunch of openings uh on saturday during the day especially mid midday and afternoon okay and then i think i have some openings on sunday as well but uh, those are small groups limited to five people i want it to be kind of pretty personal uh 90 minute workshops on how to be a little more powerful as a newer climber yeah i think that's a really cool idea and i think you know you and i have talked about this a lot i don't know that we've ever really talked about it on the podcast but the whole just go climbing advice that everyone gives beginners is kind of just a bullshit cop out. hundred percent. There's a lot more the beginners could be doing. So I think it's cool that that's who you're focused on there. Yeah. And that's something I really want to keep digging into more. And so this seemed like a really great opportunity and the people over at silver street were awesome and giving me this uh, chance to do this. Yeah. So if you're in the Houston area, I'll, uh, I'll put a link directly to, registration or some sort of info 
um, right there in the show notes in your pocket supercomputer. So go look for that and sign up for one of those weekend spots. Yes. Um, today, since we've both been training and, you know, I'm in super pocket land out here mm-hmm. and you've been training full crimp quite a bit. Tons. And I've been doing a little of the same. I just started based on you ranting and raving about it. Um, and I've done a little bit in the past. But so we're going to talk about training in the full crimp and training pockets. Should you be doing it? Shouldn't you be doing it? Is it dangerous? All the rhetoric that gets sprayed around the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, before we start, tell me your definition of full cramp or closed cramp or whatever it is we're talking about here because I got online this morning to try and look for a definition and now I'm more confused as, uh, than ever on what all the grip positions are because I think some people have like separated out all the grip positions so much that there are now like 40 different versions of the cramp so curious what yeah. your definition is let's get on the same page I was actually just talking with one of my uh athletes about this this morning because we were talking about a four finger open crimp and he was like what is this like i've been climbing for a long time i've never heard of this open crimp um but for me a closed crimp is i don't completely differentiate between whether you have the thumb on or off okay because sometimes you're going to wrap your thumb um, or sometimes you might there might be a better thumb catcher a different position yeah sort of depends um, on the hold you're using exact for sure um so for me it's about the you're basically just kind of making a fist around a small edge. Like if you were grabbing a handlebar jug, but instead of a jug, it's just like, you know, a half pad edge that's in on your fingertips. It's that same position. Yeah. So I think like the, the definition that I've liked the best that I've seen that makes the most sense to me is when your pip joint is above the level of the hold pip joint being the knuckle closest to your palm okay dip joint being the knuckle closest to your fingertips yes so the proximal interphalange joint and the distal interphalange joint right so when the dip joint is higher than the level of the hold then you're crimping okay full, i like that full cramp yeah so the little knuckle at the end of your finger when that raises up to where it's above the hold uh, the, the knuckle closest to your palm. Okay. Uh, I see what you mean. Does that yes. make sense? Yeah. I'm like over here crimping my desk. Trying yeah, I know. To... I'm doing the same damn thing. <laughs> um, I think that's the definition I like the best. And when it's level with the hold, then that's a half cramp. Open hand is when it's below the level of the hold. And okay. for me, it, yeah. it, it doesn't matter about the thumb either. Um, some people call that a closed cramp. That's fine whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you wrap the thumb, sometimes you don't. I have, I think I can count on one hand the number of times I wrap a thumb in a year. Hmm. I almost never do it. When I, when I do it naturally, I'm like, whoa, what the hell just happened? <laughs> That's not how I rock climb. Um, mm-hmm. But some holds demand it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you know, good example, Gaston's, like mm-hmm. you just naturally go to that position that's true yeah in fact i i just did a problem in the gym yesterday that had a guest on and i definitely wrapped my thumb on it one of the few times that happens so 
there's all sorts of online rhetoric and lots of trainers, coaches out there mm-hmm. make this statement that you should not train in a full crimp. Never full crimp indoors. Never, never, ever. I mean, and honestly, maybe you should just never full crimp unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. And that's like, that's the emergency break right there. Like, Yeah, that's what a lot of people say. How mm-hmm. do you feel about that? Hateful. <laughs> I wish people I could mean, have seen your eye roll when you said hateful. <laughs> so in my opinion, there are a lot of things in climbing, and you and I talk about this all the time, but there are a lot of assumptions that are made in climbing that just blindly get accepted. And, and we all do it. We all have these assumptions, but with a lot of them, the second you start thinking about them, it, they all fall kind of fall apart. So one example that I like a lot is people say, Hey, you know, beginner climbers shouldn't hangboard. They definitely shouldn't crimp. They shouldn't do all these things because their tendons need to get stronger. Okay. Good point. Mm -hmm. However, what is creating your tent? What's, helping your tendons to adapt specific stress, right? Um, it's not just like just using your hands, like doing yard work is going to make your tendons stronger. It, they're going to adapt specifically. That's a shame. Climb. Cause I was chopping wood the other day and I was hoping it counted as a training session. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it may have, may have wrecked you the way a training <laughs> session would have. Um, but if you only ever climb on open-handed pockets, your hands, the structures in your hands will adapt to open-handed pockets. Or same thing to slopers, same things to crimps. Like, and we see this all the time. Like people who, there are plenty of people who are monsters on crimps who, if they grab a sink or two finger pocket jug, they're like, man, that like, that's tweaking me out. Yep. And it, it doesn't matter if they've been climbing a decade, their tendons didn't magically adapt to all types of grips. It adapted to what they did. Right. And so to me to say, Hey, don't crimp. We have to ma- wait for this magic period to where you know, after so many years of climbing, your fingers will be able to withstand it. It's like that, that doesn't make sense. Um, you have to slowly over time, get yourself used to these types of stresses starting at lower loads. So if you're going to crimp, you need to start crimping at lower intensities and then build it up over time. And that's the only way we are going to adapt. It's the same thing with pockets, same thing with, you know, strenuous wrist positions like underclings or meat hooks. Yeah. Slopers. slopers yeah i i completely agree man it's i mean the the full crimp is something i rarely use so i've i've rarely felt the need to train it but as i'm getting into especially here in lander as i'm getting into more climbing that requires me to crimp i'm feeling like i don't want to just pull this out of my pocket you know in the middle of the hardest crimp I need to hang on to I'd rather learn it in the gym and I and I say learn it very purposely there because for me the position feels so unnatural that mm-hmm. that the training is partly just learning to be comfortable in that position with a balled up hand yeah um, and then I'm also giving the tendons the stress they need to adapt and get stronger in that position so I mean I think it's frankly a necessity um how are you going about it how are you training for a full cramp uh so i started doing this i hurt my finger in waco over the winter originally didn't think it was that bad but uh the longer it went the more i realized just how messed up it was 
And so when I came back, I was like, well, I need to be strong in a full crimp position. So the way I wanted to do take care of it was I used a tension block, started hanging weight off of it. I started with two and a half pounds and, and I train full crimp, half crimp, open hand. Like in my mind, I want to be strong in all positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, cause you know, holds are different. You got to grab them differently. So, but we'll just only focus on full crimp. So started with two and a half pounds and I was doing a few hangs and as my fingers felt better and especially as the injured finger started being able to handle it more i added more and more weight and were these hangs or were you doing it with like a no hang device like a tension block no hang device with a tension block okay so literally a full nalgene was day one yeah which is two and a half pounds and then now i'm doing multiple sets at about 50 pounds and i'm even doing half the sets without my pinky to intentionally create more stress on my ring finger. Um, cause mm-hmm. to me, that's like a next level of crimping is the amount of stress that you have to put on a ring finger with like, you know, no pinky crimping, but I've just taken it slow. I mean, it's been over two months now. And what's really cool is initially I was like, okay, I want my finger to be better so that I can get back to climbing. But now, because I took the time and I did this with both hands, man, I'm the healthiest I've ever felt crimping indoors. Yeah. And strongest, unquestionably. Yeah, cool. But, yeah, and this is another thing that's worth mentioning is that I do also train half crimp and open hand. And when I'm indoors, I'm not just crimping everything. I'm still very, you know, I don't crimp unless I feel like this is a small hold I need to crimp on. And I'm, you know, I'd be smart about it. I don't do, because the best way to get hurt is to do too much too soon. So I try and keep that all in mind. Yeah, you know, you just brought up an interesting point. I was reading a, a Dave McLeod blog from quite a while ago today, mm-hmm. and he says unequivocally in the article that bouldering is the best way to train a full crimp and that it's safer than hanging in a full hmm. crimp. And and I read all his reasoning, and n- frankly, none of it made any sense to me, I think. I think the like the order of safety goes hanging or or no hangs even um, because you can do it with such a lower load. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no hangs, hanging, then bouldering, and then campusing. Maybe even never until you're pretty damn experienced. Um, but I don't think bouldering is safer than just hanging on a full cramp. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, and that's like the benefit I would even argue. And this is a story for another time that if you're looking at bouldering, like something like the moon board, I think campus boarding can be safer. It often is Yeah, because you're moving in a straight up and down line. You're hitting two foot wide rounded wooden rungs that are perfectly ergonomical. You're not moving side to side at all. You're never going to miss the hold. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a lot of safety factors in a campus board, even though it's foot off. Well, I mean, most moonboarding you jump anyways. Right. So I'd argue that campus boarding in a lot of ways is safer than something super powerful, like hardboard climbing where you're always jumping. Yeah. I could, I could get behind that for sure. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Um, but yeah, you're right. A lot of bouldering nowadays is foot off anyway. So mm-hmm. I think I would definitely rather see a more controlled campus environment for that type of yeah. thing. Which I will say just one more addition. When I say safe, I more just mean 
I don't think safe's necessarily a good word. Like everything's dangerous. Everything can hurt you. And uh, everything like, can be safe. Exactly. It's all about how much load you're you have, how much intensity. Like I think hard board climbing, you know, like the machine shop, like moonboard, tension board, amazing tool. But it's just a matter of how much are we doing? Yeah. So it's worth keeping in mind. Same thing. I think campus board's a great tool. Hangboard, all of it. But, you know, you just have to keep it in perspective. Yeah, that's a really important point. You know, calling these things dangerous and safe doesn't mean that they're inherently dangerous. It just means if you're not prepared for it, if the load's too high for you, then it can be dangerous for you. But but if you're prepared for it, these are all pretty safe tools. For sure. Yeah. There are no inherently good or bad training tools. Yeah. So I, I also was looking at uh, on the internets where everything is true. Um, Facts. And apparently there was a gripster study that was done. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I remember looking at this study, um, but like with most studies, I threw it out for some reason or another because it just doesn't really apply that much to rock climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it says that the full crimp isn't stronger. You're not actually pulling any harder with the full crimp. It's just about stability. And and I think, you know, that might be true in the constraints of their study. Mm-hmm. But there are lots of holds that to really hold the hold. Like if you take a small end cut, for example, you almost can't open hand a small end cut. Um, yeah, you almost have to you try. ball your hand up on it. So that's why a study like that, that says the full crimp isn't actually stronger. So why are we using it to begin with? Well, because sometimes the hold demands that you put your hand into that position. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's no different from like monos. Like, yeah, I don't like monos definitely aren't as uh, powerful as four, four fingers all on at the same time. Right. But sometimes that's all you get. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times here, that's all you get. Yeah. Um, and that, um, you know, that brings us to pockets mm-hmm. and you and I have talked about this before in our, the ways the gym is holding you back episode that gyms have removed pockets for a long time. And that's doing a disservice to climbers who are going to end up climbing on pockets. And with the, the popularity of lander and 10 sleep now, and you know, they're still Seus. You you can't go climb well in those areas if you aren't used to climbing on pockets, or at least the grip that pockets requires. Mm-hmm. And I think it sort of demands a little bit of definition. I don't think pockets necessarily, training on pockets has to be a round pocket that you put your fingers into. Totally. I think really all it is is dropping some fingers in an open-handed or even half-crimped or somewhere in between there position. And that's really all being on a pocket is. Yeah, just less fingers. Yeah, um, And that's what I have a lot of my athletes do is if they want to train specifically for a trip to the fins or wild iris or something, anything like that, which they're all popular areas, or even Smith. Smith has a ton mm-hmm. of pocket climbing. Um I just have them climb regular boulders, but with different two finger or maybe three finger pairs, depending on um, how strong they are and what they're trying to prepare for. And I think it's a great way to go. Yeah, I do too. I, I mean, I'm definitely of the opinion that you should always drop the pinky off. So, you yeah, know, 
I'm going to argue for pinkyless climbing till I die. Um, but a lot of people are scared of that. When the mm-hmm. pinky comes off, they feel tweaky. You know, some people get hurt automatically when the pinky drops off. And it's just a fact that at some point, if you're trying hard, you're not going to hit a hold with all four fingers. Holds aren't going to fit all four fingers. Um, so training in a position where you're open-handed and are dropping fingers is probably a really smart way to go. Same as the full crimp. Absolutely. And especially for, I would say for smaller climbers, like one thing I noticed, I remember one of the first times I ever saw Angie Payne climb. Um, she does this thing to where when she does really wide moves, she'll latch hold as just her front two fingers. Uh, Carlo Traversi does this a lot too. Mm. Latch it as like front two fingers. And then once they're in control, they'll roll it into like a crimp or grab it as an edge right. for these really wide, like iron cross style moves. And I remember seeing that and being like, that's brilliant. Like you just extended your reach by a full like four inches by turning your wrist like that instead of having to initially land with all four fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a good example of if you're a boulder who never plans on climbing on pockets, man, there could be some great, that's a great reason why you could train front two pair for a little while so that you can start doing wider moves with the intention of knowing you're not always going to grab something perfectly. Sure. Sure. And you know, training on pockets, I think, is an interesting thing as well, partly because we don't have a history, a recent history of having good pockets to train on. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, I like the idea of just dropping fingers, especially on a hangboard where it's an edge. I have a lot of people do back three, front three, and then when they're ready, doing just middle two or front two. And, and I think that's better than the normal pocket grip that we see for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not so big on the nestling your fingers into the edge of the board is a bad thing. I'm, I don't care, you know, as long as that's what you're testing against all the time, fine, do it. But one thing I do see, and one thing we've talked a lot about in the machine shop with training pockets is most pocket holds, including a lot of the old Yaniros, which are, you know, kind of the the quintessential indoor pocket, a mm-hmm. lot of them force the the pressure, what you're holding ends up being on the radius of the pocket. So you take it on your you know, the middle pad of your fingers, and that's where all the pressure gets put. Yeah. But then when you go outside and you climb on pockets, it's more often that you're getting a thin pocket and it's the tips of your fingers, and you're you're really having to apply pressure through the tips of your fingers. And I can, there are a lot of pockets I can climb on on a 45 and never touch the tips of my fingers to the pocket. I just let the middle of my fingers hold the radius of the pocket. Um, So I definitely want to give a shout out to Ian Powell and Kilter. Um, He and I talked about pockets quite a bit, and then he created these pockets that they're now selling, these granite pockets that really do an amazing job of forcing you to actually hold the pocket. And I think that's a big missing link in a lot of people's pocket training. And doing it on an edge works really well. Or if you're going to have 
pockets that you're training on, find some that force you to actually grip the pocket. Mm -hmm. I do think it's funny that you call that the missing link in people's pocket training. I was just thinking, I was like, I, I don't know how many people are actually pocket training, but <laughs> I think the miss the missing link is in fact pocket. It training. is in fact pocket um, training. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, I do, I completely agree with you. Um, and yeah, so man, I want to hear about your experience with Stetson. So I remember maybe it was the first time you went to tension headquarters. Um, you, was it Will you were talking with and you were saying how you needed to start training your ring finger monos cause Stetson was kind of blowing you up mm -hmm. and, uh, he was just like, hold on and made you that little ring finger mono hold, mm -hmm. um, that you would train on. And that was what, two years ago. Yep. It's, um, so yeah, talk about that. It's actually interesting. I don't think pocket training played into that at all for me. Um, really? Yeah, it. I think my pocket strength has been pretty high for quite a while already. Um, what ended up making the big difference, though, for me was getting to the point where I can climb wider, stronger. Um, and it just, I got up there and I was able to get into the pockets with far more control, far more effectively, and... All of a sudden, I just owned the positions. Um, I don't think it was the grips at all on that. But hmm. to be fair, I have pretty strong pocket already. You know. Yeah, and you have a pretty high level of uh, pockets in your regular climbing diet. Right. Or if nothing else, you also climb pinky off a lot. Yeah, I mean, I climb pinky off ninety nine point nine percent of the time. If I put my pinky on, there's there's crazy shit that happens. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I mean, for me, that's all it was. I think, frankly, mm. the, the giving tree made a big difference for Stetson because it's so wide and so tension dependent. You have to keep extreme tension all the time. Climbing on that boulder translated really well to climbing on the rodeo wave. Oh, cool. Yeah, like the, the positions on Atomic Stetson are so much easier than the positions on the giving tree that, that makes sense that when I got on it, it just felt like, Oh shit, I'm just basically standing here. This isn't even a problem anymore. I mean, I have time like before it was, I have to sprint through this opening and now I have time to like, I was messing up which fingers I put in the pockets. Um, because I hadn't been on it in forever and I just had all this time to experiment with how I'm holding the hold and still be able to do the moves. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So I don't think pocket training for me played into that at all, actually. Well, that was a terrible example for me to bring up then. <laughs> but like you said, I've had tons and tons of pocket training in my background. I mean, pockets were popular in the gym when I started. Yeah. You know, we had whole roots that were just all monos and two fingers. You'll, you'll never find I, that in the gym now. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Um, so on the topic of pockets, one other thing that I think is worth bringing up since we talked about crimping is what do you do with the other fingers when you're grabbing a pocket? Because there's this new belief kind of coming out that uh, you should do bullhorns or kind of a Spider-Man grip to wear. So for right. everyone listening, if you're grabbing a two-finger pocket, like just 
syncing it to let's say two pad pocket and then you have to worry about what are you doing with your pointer finger and pinky um, so there was a study done i think in 2001 that showed that if you curl those two fingers into your palm uh, you get a 48 percent strength increase yeah which is awesome yeah um downside is that it creates more stress on different structures of your hand and so if those structures are not uh, used to that type of stress then they're more likely to get injured sure like we talked about earlier anything that's not used to stress if you put too much stress on it too quickly gonna be more likely to get injured and there was an article that came out that basically said hey like 48 percent strength increase if you do this and if you're not used to it you'll get injured so the answer that they gave was don't do that. Right. Learn, learn to, to climb is, in another way. Yeah. Which to me is crazy. It's like, Hey guys, if you, uh, here's this thing called compounding interest. If you invest money early on later on, you're going to get a disproportionate amount back. So remember if you invest money now, you don't get to spend it right now. So spend all your money. <laughs> it's like, hold on guys. I think, I think there was a lesson here and that wasn't it. Like, so in my mind, Hey, yes, this is a stressful position on multiple structures in your hands and forearms. Let's take our time. Let's develop to it. And let's get the 48 fucking percent. Like it's free money practically. Yeah. Just don't be an asshole with how you train. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have to practice it. You have to train it. You know, I frankly, I've never seen anyone bullhorn a two finger pocket. Um, yeah. And, and you and I had talked about this a while ago, so I actually tried it on a couple of monos mm -hmm. on a route oh, here in Lander. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so strange. And if you try to move above it, you're screwed. You're going to break all your other fingers. Yeah, they get pinned into the wall. Yeah. So, so in practice, it just doesn't work. I think that's a really good example of somebody looking at and studying something that makes sense when you look at it on paper or in a lab, but as soon as you try to apply it realistically to the sport, it just doesn't work. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if there are occasions where it works and you want to use it, be my guest. Um, but I've never seen it in practice and I climb with some of the strongest pocket climbers on the planet here. So I don't think it's even valid. I'm with you. You should, you should be training with your fingers curled into your palm, not doing bullhorns on the hangboard. Because like you said, we want that 48% strength increase that you get from curling your fingers in. I'm going to curl my fingers into my palm as hard as I can because it feels stronger. <laughs> Wrap um, my thumb over them. I do actually a lot. I wrap my thumb <laughs> in pockets far more than I do on a cramp. Yeah. Um, so train it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, as far as my parting message with this goes, um, there are a lot of stressful, strenuous things in climbing. Like I don't believe anything is inherently good or bad, like safe or dangerous so much as we have to just be patient with these things, train them so that your body can handle them. I do believe that the wider array of grip strengths you can have as far as open, half cramp, full cramp, all those things, pockets, the stronger you are in all of those things, the better you can grab different holds and use different positions totally. and not overstress a single position. And I think that's important. Um, so for me, yeah, it's 
take the time, develop these things. Don't fear things, just give them healthy respect. Yeah, I don't think I can say it any better. So I think that's the that's the point at which we wrap this thing up. Um, you guys know where to find us, powercompanyclimbing.com. You can look right there in your pocket supercomputer show notes and find links to Nate's upcoming workshops at Momentum Silver Street. And if you're in the Houston area and you're, you've been given that you should just climb more advice and you're not satisfied with it, then good for you. You shouldn't be satisfied with it. And go see Nate at Momentum Silver Street. Um, this is going to come out quick, so it'll be this, is it this coming weekend? Um, no, it's the next, next weekend. Next week. Okay. Yeah. So it's coming up yeah, soon. Next weekend. Get in there and get registered. And um, follow us on the Instagrams. And, you know, if you're a Pinterester, follow us there too. We're on the Facebooks, at Power Company Climbing, on all of those platforms. And uh, we are not currently going to be found on the Twitter because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. This time, 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 this time